We have more information about the Nashville shooter. And uh, Democrats, uh, the media is trying to come up with a new narrative. And the narrative is it's the Christian's fault. Uh, Democrats respond to a hearing about weaponizing of bureaucracies. And they respond by weaponizing a bureaucracy. And, of course, everything is racist. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, so we have more information about this shooter. So, just to confirm, this was a trans man, which is a woman who thinks she's a man. Now, there has been confusion since the shooting on Sunday, on Monday, I mean. So there's been a lot of confusion because apparently that police chief over there did not buy any of this trans crap and he basically called her a woman. So a lot of people thought it was a man, including me, thought it was a man who acted like a woman, but it was not. It is a woman. Uh, she apparently did have mental problems. She was seeing a doctor. She was on medication. Uh, but she was never hospitalized, nor did the doctor ever contact authorities. So the police never knew who she was. Now, that's going to be a big question, because I think the police are going to investigate this doctor. Why didn't you report her as a, a mental patient, mental problem? So she could have been flagged, and she couldn't buy guns. Because the reality is, she ended up buying seven guns at five different gun stores. Now, she owned a gun before this whole thing. But mom, seeing her as having a mental problem, and by the way, this brings into play a big question is, was she trans because she had a mental problem? And again, the media doesn't want to talk about this. They, they really don't want to talk about this. We'll get to the media in a second. But here's the whole thing. Of course, people like me will say, well, if you're trans, you've got a mental problem. Because what you are basically doing is ignoring the, the cold, hard reality of life. You're born a man, you're a man. You're born a woman, you're a woman. You can't switch back and forth. But that's a, comp that's a subject that the media do not want to talk about. Because it is such, it's so clear. So anyway, she did go to five different gun stores. She did legally buy seven guns because it was never reported she had mental issues and was on um, psych psychiatric drugs. So that's great. Uh, she was going to attack another school. This is something interesting. She was, this was not her first choice. She wanted to attack another school, but you know why she didn't? The security was too high. The, uh, they locked the doors, they probably had armed guards, and she decided, you know what, I'll attack, I'll attack the, school of least res the school that had the least resistance, which happened to be this Catholic school. By the way, it's not a Catholic school, it's a Presbyterian school. I'm sorry, I was calling it Catholic the entire time, because that's what it was reported, but it is a Christian Presbyterian school. The motive... Though the police said that this trans identity thing did have something to do with the motive, they still haven't reported a motive. Now, the day of the shooting, she did contact a friend. And she told a friend that this was her last day on earth and that the friend would probably find out that what she had done. It would probably be on the news and she would see her in another life. 
and the friend said, listen, you're a beautiful person. You've got a lot to live for. You shouldn't do what you're thinking of doing. And the woman said, uh, the gal, the murderer basically said, nope, I just want to die. Uh, take care. See you in the next life. So that gal who received the phone call did call the police at 1013 in the morning central time. It was too late. The shooting started at 1014. So the cops did get the information. They still didn't know what was happening, but uh, they got it too late. Um, uh, body cam footage was released and it showed how much the friggin' cops in Nashville were heroes. Those guys were searching the entire building. They heard the gunshots and then they ran straight up right into the gunshots. The, the first officer, I can't remember his name, but the first officer that, that shot, he put himself right out there. The woman was facing him and he turned the corner took two shots, put her down. I mean, you could not believe how fast this whole thing happened. And there was never, they never stopped. And it wasn't one cop that was there, or two cops, which was reported. There were two two cops that shot her. But it was six or seven cops that were up there. And they all put themselves in harm way, harm's way. They're heroes. So the motive, neither the motive or manifesto have been hinted. Uh, the motive and manifesto, of course, have been hinted at, but they have not been released. Um, knowing that this is Nashville, there's a very good chance this stuff is going to be released. Now, here's the problem the media is having. They're really trying to wipe this out. They're really trying. At first, they started about they started about gun control. Okay, that was their their narrative. Now they're getting to the point that they're actually blaming people who are pro-Second Amendment. Again, they always do that. But they're blaming anti-trans people for doing this. So in other words, because I don't buy this trans ideology, it's actually my fault that these Christian kids were killed. And they are openly saying this on, on the tele- on the med- in the media right now. It's really disgusting. It's really, really disgusting. Joe Biden, again, was was talking about it. And he made another joke, which I didn't think was much of a joke, but it, it still was in bad taste. I, I didn't, The media is flipping out about I'm not. The conservative media is. I'm not. I think it was in bad taste, but I think that's this guy. That's what he does. He's just... He, he's stupid. He's senile. Like, but... The Trans Resistance Network, which is a far-left transgender collective, released a statement on Monday, and it was just a a god-awful statement. I can't believe they even wrote this. So, this is what it says. They released this on Monday. The Trans Resistance Network has been notified the shooter... Excuse me. The shooter involved in today's church school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee was a person identifying as transgender, known from online profiles as Aiden or Aubrey Hale, he, him. Of course, they got to put the, they got to put the, the right name and they got to put the pronouns, right? Because that's really important for a mass murdering evil piece of crap. Continuing, while it is not a policy to engage 
publicly with news media. We believe this moment calls for a thoughtful response from our collective. We point out today's incident in Nashville, Tennessee, is not one tragedy, but two. Of course it is. The first tragedy today is the loss of three children and adults. We extend our deepest sympathies and heartfelt prayers to those families dealing with the loss of loved ones. There is nothing we can do to offer that will comfort the hurt or ease the sorrow. We mourn with you. Baloney. Absolute crap. Next, the second and more complex tragedy is that of Aidan or Arbery Hale, who felt he had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the lives of others, and by consequence, himself. We do not claim to know the individual or have access to their inner thoughts and feelings. We do know that life for transgender people is very difficult and made more difficult in the preceding months by virtual avalanche of anti-trans legislations. So it's the government's fault. And the public call-outs by right-wing personalities and political figures for nothing less than the genocidal eradication of trans people from society. Now, here's the thing. The genocidal eradication. That, doesn't that just kind of justify what she did? Doesn't that justify what... I mean, if someone is committing genocide and somebody goes and kills that person, isn't that a good thing? They're basically excusing what she did. And I like the way they, they have to respect the pronouns of a mass murderer. I love that. So let's continue. Many transgender people deal with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, and PTSD. you got to wonder why they deal with all that, because they're crazy. Because transgender people are nuts. I'm sorry, I'm going to call it. These people are not normal people. They've got mental problems. They've got to have mental problems. How can they sit there and think that they can transition themselves from a woman to a man or to a man to a woman? From the near constant drumbeat of anti-trans hate, lack of acceptance from family members and certain religious institutions, denial of our existence and calls for detransition and forced conversion. All these factors contribute to a population that is medically underserved and who often face anti-trans bias while accessing care leading to significant physical and mental disparities. Hate has consequences. So basically what they've done is they have just excused everything that she did. That's what they've done. Hey, yeah, she did a terrible thing, but I mean, she had good reason. They're making the shooter a victim. By the way, there are five paragraphs talking about what she, why what she did happened, excusing for what she did, and basically making her a victim and a hero. And there's one paragraph about the six people she killed. These people don't care. The reality is the groups like this, they like the violence. Especially against faiths that don't support their twisted ideology. If you did not know this, groups like this are calling for a day of vengeance. This is supposed to happen on the day of transgender visibility. I mean, is it possible we're going to see something else like this? I mean, in New Zealand, 
trans women, which are men, are beating up women because they don't they don't like the fact that we're thinking men are women. So feminists are getting beaten up by men because they're saying men are men and women are women. Violence is already happening. I also want to point out that the trans community, which they're saying is so peaceful, ain't that peaceful. Benny Johnson, a conservative uh, conservative show host, um, basically pointed out that in the last year, there are a lot of trans mass shooters. So he tweeted this. The Colorado Springs shooter identified as non-binary. The Denver shooter identified as trans. The Aberdeen shooter identified as trans. The Nashville shooter identified as trans. One thing is very clear. The modern trans movement is radicalizing activists into terrorists. Yeah, just listen to what they're saying. Listen to the, and see, the other thing, the other way is not happening. For example, they keep saying, oh, there's this genocide of trans people. You know something? Do me a favor. Give me an example. Give me an example. Tell me what trans person has been murdered for being trans. Give me, give me an example of it. Because I guarantee you with our news media, if this was actually happening, it would be front story, front page news. It would be January 6th all over again. We'd be talking about it for two, three years. But you know something? We are not seeing any of it. We're not hearing, we're only hearing the trans activists say, oh, we're being murdered left and right. Here's the reality. This trans thing is a religion. You believe in their religion or you are to be silenced. This is the trans inquisition, just like Christianity had inquisition in the, in the, in the dark ages. This is their inquisition. And now they're beginning to go at it. They want to push their twisted, narcissistic ideology. And they want everybody else who doesn't believe in it silenced or, dare I say, dead. And I don't want to hear any more about the gender, about trans genocide. There's no trans genocide happening. It's kind of like the talk about blacks are being lynched day in and day out. It's not happening. Or cops are killing blacks, seven blacks a day. They're hunting them down. It's not happening. And there's ample, if there was evidence that it was happening, guess what? It would be on the news every day, all day for the next two years, but it's not happening. But when they do it, the media are looking for excuses. Do you ever hear anything about the Colorado Springs shooting? Do you ever hear anything about the Denver shooting anymore? How about the Aberdeen shooting? Then this Nashville shooting will be forgotten by next week. It will be absolutely forgotten. Because this was a trans person. You can't, you can't have it. The trans people are victims. They've been saying it. I mean, they're all being genocided. Absolutely incredible. I'm not going to let this story go. I'm not going to let this story go. I'm going to want to see the uh, 
manifesto. I'm want I'm going to want to know the and I think Tennessee is the right place. I think Tennessee's going to release all this stuff. I watched that um, police chief, and he's not BSing too much. He's basically admitting, yeah, this is, has to do with trans ideology. Very interesting stuff. Okay, this is kind of scary. Now, I haven't talked about this in a while, so I'll give you a little update on what's going on. So Elon Musk bought Twitter. You all know that. And he decided to release messages, emails, and policies between the government and Twitter before Musk bought it. The goal was to show that the government has weaponized social media, specifically Twitter, manipulated information of things, uh, of such things as the Russia collusion, the Hunter Biden laptop story, uh, COVID information. So they actually went out of their way to control that informa- information. So the information was given to three journalists. The, the journalists are Barry Weiss, Matt Tahibi and Michael Schellenberger. Now, to give you a very a very true update here about these three, they're not right-wingers. Michael Schellenberger and Barry Weiss are about as right-wing as they get, and they're still left of center. Okay, they're still rather progressive. And Matt Tahibi, not a right-winger at all. He actually wrote for Rolling Stone. So these, these people are not right-wingers. They're not conservatives. Each one would get a trove of information, usually thousands of pages from Musk or whoever, because we really don't know who, who gave it. Musk gave the permission, but the fact is, who gave them the information, we don't know. And they would sit back, write the narrative, the, the, the summary of what it is, and then post, post uh, tweets, a, a tweet thread, on what they discovered. <coughs> These came, I think they're now on number 18, uh, chapter 18, of uh, a group of information, a collection of information called the Twitter files. So one day, Matt Tahibi would release it, then Michael Schellenberger, then Barry Weiss, and then they go back and forth. Now, Republicans have been watching these Twitter files and decided to hold a hearing on the weaponization of government agencies, such as the DOJ, the FBI, and the IRS. Now, these agencies, the DOJ, specifically the DOJ and the FBI, actually were in contact with Twitter, Facebook, and all the other um, multi, uh, media giants and trying to manip- manipulate the data. For example, it was... With COVID, it was pushed that there is going to be misinformation, disinformation, and that stuff would be eliminated. Okay, so for example, masks help. If I sat back, and I, I know I have a problem with YouTube. If That's why you'll never see my podcast on YouTube anymore. I would say that these masks are stupid. They're not helping. I could be banned. I actually was suspended for saying that on Twitter. And I have had half my podcast removed in 2020 and 2021 because I said, I, I think this is probably just a real cold and we probably shouldn't get old. You know, I, I would say things that were counter to the narrative. So the Republican Congress, the Judiciary Committee specifically, decided that they were going to hold a hearing on the weaponization of the bureaucracies. The Democrats on the panel couldn't say much because there was a ton of evidence they, they couldn't even 
make these guys look bad. I mean, it, they sounded, if anything, they sounded dumb. All they could do was insult the journalists making stupid comments, but these journalists are very strong-willed and they just sat there and started laughing at them. Well, leave it to the Democrats to prove Republicans' point. So this is a little long, but according to the Wall Street Journal, quote, Democrats are denouncing the House GOP investigation into the weaponization of government, but maybe that's because Republicans are getting somewhere. That includes, this is from the Wall Street Journal, by the way, that includes new evidence that the Internal Revenue Service may be targeting a journalist who testified before the weaponization committee. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan sent a letter Monday to the IRS Commissioner Danny Werfel, Daniel Werfel, and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen seeking an explanation for why journalist Matt Tahibi received an unannounced home visit from an IRS agent. We've seen the letter, and both the circumstances and timing of the IRS focus on the journalists raise serious questions. Mr. Tahibi was provoked has provoked the ire of Democrats and other journalists for his role in searching Twitter records and then releasing internal communications from the social media giant that exposed its censorship and its contacts with government officials. And we're talking big government officials. Uh, For example, Adam Schiff is one of those uh, officials that was communicating directly with Twitter. They've got the emails. Continuing, this effort has already inspired government bullying with Chair Linda, Lena Kahn's Federal Trade Commission targeting new Twitter owner Elon Musk and demanding the company identify all journalists granted access to the Twitter files. Okay, that's illegal. They can't compel him to do a damn thing. So first off, it's a private company. He can do whatever he wants. It is company property. It has nothing to do with the government. Second off, he doesn't have to identify journalists because of that weird little thing called the First Amendment. He doesn't have to identify a damn thing. The taxman left a note instructing Mr. Tahiti to call the IRS four days later. Mr. Tahiti was told to call the agent that both his 2018 and 2021 tax returns had been rejected owing to concerns over identity theft. So basically... Matt Tahibi was a victim in this case. Mr. Tahibi provided the committee with documentation showing his 2018 return had been electronically accepted, and he says the IRS never notified him or his accounts of a problem after he filed the 2018 return more than four and a half years ago. His 2021, and this is not from the Wall Street Journal, I'm, I'm quoting this, his 2021 return was rejected but they're still dealing with it. So it's not like he's ignoring any of this. Now remember, this isn't the first time the IRS, with Democrat push, has uh, targeted political enemies with these bureaucracies. In 2013, the Obama administration used the IRS to uh, target conservative nonprofit organizations by threatening to take away their Section 501c4 status that status made them tax-exempt. He wanted to pull that away. And that includes from churches. This was one of the scandals that the Obamas said never happened. This was a huge scandal. Jim Jordan, of course, like the article said, sent the IRS head, Daniel Werfel and Janet Yellen, a letter saying, what the hell? 
So far, crickets. They haven't answered. Nobody has answered anything. Here's a kicker. There is a weaponization of the bureaucracies, it, and it hasn't. It's obvious. Democrats are not hiding it. I mean, they just had a committee meeting, committee hearing on the weaponization of bureaucracies, and what do they do to counter it? They weaponize the bureaucracies. Listen, this isn't going to end, okay? This isn't going to end. I ha- The only way I see this being fixed is two things. We get another president, we have a constitutional convention. At that constitutional convention, we add an amendment to the Constitution that ba- basically makes it that these bureaucracies, FBI, DO- uh, FBI, IRS, even the DOJ, have to be audited. And if things appear to be kind of weird, the president... Um, well, first off, if the bureaucracy proves that it's not even worth anything anymore, let's say the Environmental Protection Agency or EPA, that is the most worthless bureaucracy out there, it's torn down. It's, it's, it's destroyed. The EPA wasn't supposed to be around this long. Okay? But if there's corruption within the DOJ, within the IRS, within not only should the president be allowed to fire the heads of those bureaucracies, he should be able to go deeper and fire the middle management. So, for example, the FBI, which I think very few people will say is, is, is a legit organization. I mean, it seems to me that is one of the most corrupt organizations out there. I think that is one organization that needs to be torn down. And you can't just do it by firing Christopher Ray, who's the director of the FBI. You need to fire everybody under him. The agents are great. Leave the agents alone. But promote those agents to middle management. Get yourself a brand new guy in the head and can everybody else. It needs to be cleaned out. So, by the way, the IRS, Jesus, we need to get rid of the IRS a long time ago. The IRS has been around for about 100 years. I mean, the IRS hasn't been around all that long. Heck, we weren't even doing federal income tax back in 1910. As far as I'm concerned, income tax needs to be cut out altogether and the IRS needs to go away. They're worthless. Um, So that's what I think should happen. I I don't see, I'm not a big fan of getting rid of the FBI because I think it is a necessary organization or the CIA because I do think it's a necessary organization. But I, I can also acknowledge that it's corrupt and that maybe it needs to be purged and rebuilt. Not purged of the agents, purged of middle management. That's what needs to happen. I mean, fire this guy, fire middle management, fire the upper heads, and just give it a new look. Okay, well, here's our our next story is, I won't lie, pretty typical. Everything is racist. Of course, everything has to be racist. So here's the problem. The left is having, um, they're having trouble finding things that are racist anymore. I mean, we found every, sidewalks are racist, swimming is racist, hiking is racist, bike riding is racist, everything is racist. So they're really having a rough time finding things that are still racist. Uh, 
And so what I think some of these professors and some of these media people are doing is they're just walking around their houses and looking for things that they could consider racist. So apparently one college professor from Loyola University was walking around and said, oh, we can construe that as being racist. So let's let's see. This is from the post-millennial, who, you know, I tried to subscribe to, but because I, I love uh, their, their writers, but for some reason it's having an issue getting me in. So this is what it, what it said. A Loyola, Loyola University professor has claimed that cleanliness and tidiness tied to the latest pantry porn trend on social media is connected to racism as well as classism and sexism. Of course, it's got to be it's got to be multiple things. Now, what is pantry porn? Well, if you don't know, a pantry is basically holds your dried goods like cereal, pastas, things like that. It's basically a closet in the kitchen. All right, and some people really go out of their way to make their pantries nice and organized and 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 nice. Because a lot of pantries, if you look at them, if you looked at pantries at my house, you walk in, it's just it's just crap everywhere. I mean, I, I, I'm not very organized, so I guess I'm not a racist or something. But a lot of people will actually set up their pantries so that everything they put in there they can find. Which, by the way, is the problem with not having a nice pantry. So continuing, but apparently cleaning, a pan- right now my pantry is pretty clean. I mean, I, I, I know where everything is. But anyway, let's continue. Loyola associate professor, of course she's associate professor, she's trying to get tenure, uh, of marketing, Dr. Jenna Drenton, made the claims in a Tuesday piece for, conser- for the conservation con- conversation titled Pantry Porn on TikTok and Instagram, makes obsessively organized kitchens a new status symbol. Okay, so you know this professor has a lot of credibility when she posts her findings on TikTok and Instagram. So that's kind of awesome. So this is what she said. Quote, Storing spices in coordinated glass jars and color coordinating dozens of sprinkle sprinkles containers may seem trivial, but tidiness, <laughs> but tidiness is tangled up with status and messiness is loaded with assumptions about personal responsibility and respectability. Cleanliness has historically been seen, been used as a cultural gatekeeping mechanism to reinforce status distinctions based on vague understanding of niceness. Nice people with nice yards in nice houses make for nice neighborhoods. What lies beneath the service of this anti-messiness Pro niceness stance is a history of classist, racist, and sexist social structures. Okay, I don't have a lot to say about this because I, I I have one line to say, but I'm going to let you come to that point. So, if you want to be a nice person with a nice house and a nice yard, living in a nice neighborhood, you must be white. That's because blacks are not nice people and want to live in crappy houses with crappy yards and love living in crappy neighborhoods. That's what she's saying. Or maybe she's even going further. All black people are crappy people that live in crappy houses and live in crappy neighborhoods and have crappy pantries so they can't find their cereal in the morning. And I'm a racist for making sure my pantry's organized.
That's what she said. And she said it on TikTok, so you know it was less than 30 seconds. So that's exactly what she said. My one line, this is the bigotry of low expectations. And this is racist. It's amazing how the left never sees anything as racist. They say the most racist things about black people. And this gal's a white person. They say the most racist things about black people. But because I keep my pantry clean, I'm the racist. Because black people don't like clean things. Wow. I don't know. Keep going with this. I, 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 I like this. So let's get to a segment. I know I'm running late. And I've got six more minutes here. Let's go to our segment of terrible people saying terrible things. I haven't done this in a, about a week. And I found a few here. So this, this first one. I don't know who this is. It's just some guy on TikTok. So you know this is going to be brilliant, insightful stuff. This guy doesn't really say anything terrible. He's just a stupid person. And I decided, you know, I got to I gotta play this because it's, it's really dumb. He looks to be maybe 17. He's on TikTok. He wants to say something controversial that's going to go viral. And he does. And it goes viral for exactly the wrong reasons. Let's listen to this. The truth about Abraham Lincoln. I'm sure most of you guys know who this is. He was the 16th president and did a lot of stuff back in the 1800s. But it's crazy because whenever you search up Abraham Lincoln, it shows you pictures like this. This is how he's drawn and illustrated. But little do y'all know, this is how Abraham Lincoln really looks. Yes, Abraham Lincoln was black. All the times we were taught in school, we were taught Abraham Lincoln was not black. Because they don't want us to know the truth. If you do your research on Abraham Lincoln's skin color, it will tell you that he is black. Lincoln had very dark skin. His cheeks were leathery and saffron colored. His hair was dark, almost black. This is the real picture of him right here. Abraham Lincoln was a black man. So do y'all notice that most coins are silver? Except for one coin, the penny. The penny is copper and dark. Abraham Lincoln is on the penny and that is the only coin that has that complexion. Literally every other coin is silver. It's time to wake up. We've been lied to and programmed. Okay. This was such a stupid video. Go to dumbasses.com and look at the picture. So he shows a photo of Abraham. It's an actual photo of Abraham Lincoln. and says, this was drawn this way. I'm sorry, what? This was drawn this way? That's a photo. And then he shows you a drawing of what Abraham Lincoln would a very piss poor drawing of what Abraham Lincoln would have looked like if he was black. And he says, this is what he really looked like. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the color of the coins means. The reason the penny is bronze is not because they're trying to hide the real color of Abraham Lincoln. The reason it's bronze is because it was made out of copper. And the other, the dime and the quarter were made and the 50 cent piece were made out of silver it had nothing to do with I, I don't know where he was going with that and he doesn't really explain it but you can tell that the chief over here really doesn't know what the hell he's talking about and it really shows you how because this kid looks like he's maybe 16 17 it really shows you that these guys don't know anything else now, one of the things that is never discussed it, it, it it's always white supremacy white supremacy white supremacy but there is really a big push by black culture, 
for black supremacy. Okay? And they're not very quiet about it. As a matter of fact, they're proud of it. So here's two chicks being asked questions. It's one of those man-on-the-street moments. And this is a little long of a clip, but it, it is such a horrid thing these people are saying that I, I need to play the entire clip. But they're making fun of the fact that they're racist and that white people are terrible. So let's let's listen to these two geniuses. Agree or disagree with the following statement. It is okay to be white. No, that's not that's not okay. It's terrible to be white. No. What should white people do about that? It's not like, much I can do, but it's got to deal with it. What should I do about that, do you think? Try not to be white. <laughs> You're right. That's um, all you could do at this point. No. Is it okay to be Asian? Nah, you don't want to be them either. Mm -mm. Nah. How about, how about black? Definitely that. That's it. That's it. It's all you could be. It's the coolest thing to be. I mean, you really, after that, you talking bottom of the barrel, really. Asian, that's probably worse than being white, ain't it? A lot of people that we would speak to, to today would call what you're saying racist. Yeah, I am racist. Are you serious? Or are you? 100%. So you just don't like white people as a whole? No. No, y'all got too much. Yeah, y'all got too much to be white. That's awful. No. Okay, so so why is why is that? Why is it not okay to be white? Y'all have the race as a people. Y'all have done too much. As, I would as rather a people. Yeah, as a whole. And it's it's a little it's a group of people. Too much good or too much bad? Too much bad. bad. The majority is not is like bottom of the barrel, really. Really. Yeah. Should we be judging people based on the content of their character yes. and not the color of their skin? No, you need the color of skin is very important. It is important. By the way, do you agree with her? Yes, she does. I have a black son. I don't want my son come home with no white woman. At all. He know better. Do you tell him that? Yes! How old's your son? 21. And he's not allowed to date? Not, he could date who he want, but they can't come to my house. And I'm not going to have no parts of it. I don't want no mixed babies. I want a black baby grandchild that's what i want only 53 percent of black americans mm -hmm. said yes to that poll mm. does that surprise you or no 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 that black doesn't. people are really racist is that okay yeah i feel like it's not okay to be racist it is okay to be racist but white people have made it where it's so easy to be racist white people has get, put that foundation down and it's just normal. I'm scared of it. I am scared. Are you scared of me? <laughs> you just gotta get better as a whole. They can't do that. It's too late. There's nothing that can help them. It's too far gone at this point. Now, I gotta tell you the truth. I'm not exactly sure this gal is being serious. I, it almost seems like she's just messing with him. But the reality is, you do hear about this a lot. You do hear how they hate white people and it's because white people are just bad and they're racist. At least she openly admits, no, I'm a racist. I, I don't like white people. Apparently she doesn't like Asians too. She doesn't give any good reasons. But the question I have is, really, white people have done nothing good? Nothing Here's the problem with this attitude. I don't take these two geniuses very seriously. It's like, hey, whatever. But you got to remember, when Scott Adams sits back and says, you know what? I don't want to be with these people. 
white people run away from these people. And he gets completely banned. But someone like this feels okay to say this. You've got to really wonder, what if I was interviewed and I said that? I guarantee you I'd lose my job. I guarantee you I'd be ostracized. But she says it's okay because she's black. She's a victim. She can be an open, she can admit she's an open racist. I'll give her credit there. But here's the problem. That attitude bleeds into other things. That's what's really scary about this. How does it, what does it bleed to? And by the way, the media is pushing this. Well, here's Camus Caban. He runs a bookstore called Blacknificent Books. He is on C. He is on um, C-SPAN, saying this. I believe this has something to do with reparation. I don't know what it, what it was doing on C-SPAN, but he actually said this, and this is where this attitude will end up leading. Listen to what this guy said. So their system is not stopping. And then finally, I want to say that we need one idea. And we're not thinking about a solution to the problem. We're dealing with all these other things, but these are diversions from the solution to the problem. And we have to start to think about a solution to the problem so that these young brothers and sisters who are here now, who are 15, 16, and 17, are not here 25 years later talking about these same problems. Now, how do I know that the white people know that we are going to come up with a solution to the problem? I know it because they have retina scans, they have what they call racial profiling, DNA banks, and they're monitoring our people to try to prevent the one person from coming up with the one idea. And the one idea is how we are going to exterminate white people because that, in my estimation, is the only conclusion I have come to. We have to exterminate white people off of the face of the planet to solve this problem. Now, I don't care whether you clap or not, but I'm saying to you that we need to solve this problem because they are going to kill us. And I will leave on that. So we have to just set up our own system and stop playing and get very serious and not be diverted. He is directly calling for genocide. Kill all white people. And by the way, this guy, hardly a victim. He built a business. He has money. Apparently he's doing very well. Well enough that C-SPAN wants him to be to make a statement. This is insane, but this is where we're heading. We're heading that, that straight white men are going to be found in gulags. Conservatives are going to be found in gulags. We already see it with January 6th. Half those guys in prison, yeah, they should be, well, maybe they shouldn't be in prison. Half of them are in prison for trespassing. They've been in prison for two years. No trial, no meetings with lawyers. They're political prisoners. This is what the Soviet Union did. This is what China is doing now. This is what Italy did during World War II. 
This is insane. People don't, there is black supremacy. And they justify it by saying, well, we had we had um, slavery 150 years ago. Everyone had slavery 150 years ago. Everyone had slavery 1,000 years ago. Everyone had slavery 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago. Everyone has slave. They're, we're the only country that doesn't have, one of the only countries that doesn't have slavery. Most countries in the world have slavery. Africa has between 2 and 5 million slaves. Asia has upwards of 10 million slaves. But United States is the bad one. And it's specifically white people. This is black supremacy. But when you got people like Scott Adams that are sitting back and saying, hey, I don't want to live with these people. They're a hate group. That is a hate group. Now, one thing I will give the audience, which was all black, only one or two people clapped when he said this. The rest looked looked like, what the F is he talking about? The good news is, this attitude that this black supremacist has is a minority, a slim minority attitude. The attitude of the two gals before, that's more common. You just don't like white people. LeBron James said it. I don't like white people. I don't want them to be my friends. I don't want to talk to them. He's a racist. He's a black supremacist. He thinks he has the higher moral ground than white people do. But he doesn't want to kill them all. Especially since they're paying his billion dollar salary. But this is where we're heading. And the media is pushing it. Our politicians are pushing it. It's really kind of sick if you think about it. Okay. You guys have a nice day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics. 